All right, what up, everybody? I'm here with Jacob Talks, the podcast, a little Sawyer Saloon. I'm here with my boy, Cody Cross. Cody, how are we doing today? It's just me and you, dude. There's, there's no one else here besides me and you. Yeah, that's for the listeners, dumbass. Uh-huh. I see. So let's go ahead and start off, man. I just got back from the gym. I have a candle lit, a little sugar cookie. I'm fucking horny, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm feeling it right now. I uh, This heat's got me, well, it's got me turned on, you know. I feel like I'm in heat or ready to put someone in heat. You know what I'm saying? Can you dip your finger in the wax and make a little, like a, like put it on the side of your forehead? Holy fuck, that hot is, that wax is hot. I'm not going to do that, man. I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> it's about the best my finger has ever smelled. <laughs> so, smells pretty good. I can smell it from here. Uh, yeah. There we go. You've been, you're prepared now. I am prepared. Let's get into <laughs> this, man. Uh, dude, I've been having some crazy trips over the past few weeks for stand-up. For stand-up, okay. <laughs> for comedy. Dude, I went to do a casino gig in Bozier City at the Margaritaville Casino. Shout out Bonkers Comedy Club. Shout out T. Ray Bergeron for getting me booked. But dude, that was that was one of the coolest experiences that I've had so far because I was treated like royalty whenever I got there. Most of the time it's like, oh, hey, you show up. All right. That's where all the comics are sitting at. Maybe a drink ticket or two. Some places I've been to, they're like, hey, you know, we'll get you some food. Or most of the time it's just like, like it's comics that I know. And so it's just like, we're just kind of like chilling, having a good time. But there I got there. They're like, all right, check in at four. Be down by six. So that way we can talk to the entertainment person. And as like, so I show up, me and T-Ray and my buddy Matt, who's filming everything. And the dude's like, hey, what's up, guys? This is, like, said his name, you know, I'm Cameron. I'm I'm the uh, entertainment manager here. Uh, I make sure everything goes well. So if you need anything, here's my card. Please feel free to text me. Give me a call. Uh, by the way, let me show you all to y'all's green room. How are the rooms? This are the is room? his manager telling you all this stuff? The, this is the the manager for the casino, like who runs okay. the entertainment Like the, the, the event manager. Yeah, the event manager. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, I got a free room. I got a free meal voucher. I got uh, free alcohol at the show. I got whatever was back in the green room, which was like a nice ass. There was two green rooms in the back, separate bathrooms. And like, so it felt like real preparation for a serious show. The stage was badass. It was a massive stage. So it's probably the biggest stage like square foot wise that I've done for sure. Um I wouldn't say it's the biggest crowd that I've done because there was there was like I think there was 150 people because I counted the tables and multiplied it. But there were still some people up at the top. So there was just a lot of space that was taken up because of the tables. But as far as like people wise, uh, it's probably like 150, 175, because uh, I think the biggest show that I've done, strangely enough, is for the Sulphur City Christmas party. <laughs> Because we did that at the Cal Cam Arena, and I'm pretty sure there was at least 300 people there, and like all sitting at tables and stuff, filling up the back room. There's just massive amounts of people, and uh, that was a cool event because I remember doing it, and people were like uncomfortable to laugh, but I was like super comfortable like telling the jokes up there. I had to be PG 
but st- so still like I could tell a good bit of my jokes and uh but th- there was a table of like waterworks guys in the back who were like pretty much my age like 22 23 at the time and we're like we love that shit man we we know everybody else didn't but we we thought that was funny man <laughs> well i think like in small town environments like that everyone's like nervous to laugh because they don't want to seem like the outsider right like they yeah they don't want to be the only person at their table that thinks stuff is funny you know so it's like it's got to be a tough crowd to warm up because it is such a hive mind in addition to being a crowd yeah exactly so they were definitely they were yeah i could tell that they were nervous to like laugh those guys weren't like it was all of them and their buddies at that one table right the the table collectively was like we're all gonna laugh it's gonna be cool like we're we're gonna be that table that laughs so it's like it's okay right but if you have like two people at a table that really want to laugh but they're worried about what their their buddy's sister is going to think. But you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. like, I guess that's like normal in most crowds. But have you found that in like bigger cities, like it's just it's not as much like that? Yeah, in the bigger cities, because I mean, well, every like they're coming to a comedy show specifically. Anytime that it's not a comedy show, mm. but there's been a couple shows where people are like, you can tell that the crowd's like kind of uneasy or like it's maybe it's not their type of comedy that's going on, but. For the most part, like you bought tickets to come to a comedy show. So like you know what you came for. Yeah. You, you know, know something to expect. stepping into an arena. Yeah. Right. As opposed to like showing up to your work function. And then I had a I had a gig. It was a Christmas party gig. And the dude was like, Yeah, man, it's uh it's a bunch of steel workers. We're gonna be doing it at, at uh, like our boss's house. So like steel workers, these guys are tough. Say whatever the hell y'all want. I was like, okay. So he gets at her house. I had no idea their wives were going to be there. And like, I thought it was just going to be like, you know, 30 guys, but it was them and their wives and we're in their living room. We have it set up in front of their TV. The UFC fights going on behind us. And we're, we're doing jokes for like an hour and none of the wives enjoyed it at all. (laughs) So it was just super uncomfortable hour it was like the girls were on one side and the guys were on one side. It was like a middle school dance. And all of the girls were just had their arms folded and were just going. <laughs> so in in situations that are not specifically built for comedy, it does get a little awkward. Yeah, well, it's point it's not pointless, but it, it's not the main focus. It's, it's it's not being framed properly you know like if you walked into walmart and started making fun of people like it wouldn't be received you know but like if you're making fun of people on a stage where it's okay to make fun of people and it that that's interesting too is that it's always a frame like how is this mm-hmm. stuff framed it's all about the perception can you see the chairs in front of me through through my glasses like i can see yours no these glasses sure as hell show off everything <laughs> I feel like I'd I'd wear these, but I'd be the dumbass that's like, oh yeah, you can't even tell what I'm looking at. But then like like I'm playing poker or something, you can just see all my every one of my hands. I'm like, why the hell do I keep losing? They look like mirrors. Yeah, they're mirrored lenses. That's what these. Oh are. yeah. With the uh, yeah, these are new thickets. I got three different ones. These are the zebra wood. You got like the zebra wood with the mirrored lens, classic style. I also got these new boxes. 
These little thicket yeah. boxes. I like the boxes. Boxes are a nice touch. They're good for, for presentation. Very good presentation. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could get some like uh, like battery operated little like lights and then and like set them inside of there. So like when people open them, they like light up. Ooh, that would be that would be cool. You know how they have that like the jewelry mm -hmm. showcases, you know? Yeah. It's probably a really stupid idea, but I think it'd be interesting to like play with that and see. I don't know. I think it'd be cool, like shiny shit, you know? Yeah. I think that'd be something I'd do just for like, like you said, presentation and just have that for like displays, but I wouldn't actually sell those. Mm -hmm. And I get into batteries and, and stuff like that. And the only thing a battery is good for is licking it. Am I right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing batteries are used for. That's is it, for man. licking them. Have you ever licked a battery? Uh, I mean, I've licked some stuff that have tasted like batteries. Have you ever just taken a battery and held it on your tongue? Yeah, I don't think I have actually. Yeah, they're better than energy drinks. You can like you can suck in the. You need to try it. Come on, man! What am I, a fucking idiot? <laughs> I was really hoping you had a battery sitting next to you or something. I don't. No battery. No batteries. Dude, podcast form with you is so interesting. Because you're like an entertainer. Yep. You know how to you know how to be an entertainer. It's fascinating. That's, that's it, man. I uh I find myself very sad. I wouldn't say depressed whenever I'm not entertaining, but I do have a feeling it's almost like anxiety like being built up. Because I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that I'm lazy because I have so much stuff that I have lined up. But there's so much like downtime in between that, that mm -hmm. I'm like, I should be doing something. But yeah. then it's like, what do you actually, what can I actually do that is going to take up my time that isn't going to take away from me doing other things? Like, what do I actually really want to invest in? And because I don't want it to be something just meaningless, you know, but I want it to be something that like I'm actively investing in. That's why I started doing the thicket again, because I could still do those like, like the big shows that are coming up and then at night either get somebody to cover the table for a couple hours and still go host a comedy show. So I'm still like, I'm like, I'm not missing out on it. You know, I find downtime to be like probably the most challenging part of my life right now too. Because I, I don't know if we were like designed. It seems like the gap between being in a survival state and like needing to make money to pay bills or whatever. And then like being in a place where you can use your freedom in the most efficient way. It, there's a giant learning curve. Mm -hmm. Giant learning curve. Like it's not something that is quickly learned and then like quickly applied, especially if you don't have like a big team. Cause like you're doing your thing pretty much solo, but you collaborate. I do my thing solo, but we collaborate. So there is no like daily regimen. And then it's, right. then you think about it too. Like some things, like you can do the right thing at the wrong time, right? And you can do the wrong thing at the right time. 
and you can do like so it's a it's a balance the whole time too because because you have to keep like on process you have to continue but that that that, that bridge that like downtime dude it's like it's it's where self sabotage has such a opportunistic moment where we can default into sabotaging the success we've already created if we can't just be patient mm -hmm. because what really only matters is that one thing that we're doing for me it's for making offers on deals it's that's the one thing i have to do for you it's like you just got to get reps in and book shows and plan what you're going to do next because as yeah. long as as long as we're staying on process we're good but it's isn't it interesting the amount of patience it takes to live a more like not even a fluent life, but someone who actually has options and choices to be made to spend our time, which is also at the same time, like an illusion because there's no time to spend, you know, because they're the only thing that we're measuring time on is when we're going to die. And we don't know when that's going to happen. So like, we really don't know, like, but we feel the best when we're on process, not whenever we're like in this weird limbo. So I'm on a tangent and I'm going to stop and I'm going to ask for, for your input. No, man, that's good thoughts. Those are good thoughts. Um, I'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> what I, I find. I do concur. I do concur. I do concur. Good sir. What I do find is that lately I've had a lot of people like coming to me with ideas because they're like this guy, I guess, like I'm assuming like the reason that they're coming to me with this is like, first off, he'd be a fun person to do this with. Also, he can execute and make this happen. But to me, I'm like, what, what do I really want to commit on? Because if I commit on it, it's going to take my energy and time. But also, how is that going to affect my relationship with this person if I don't come through because I already know what I'm really focused on? So I don't really know what I'm trying to get at here. I think, I think what I'm trying to say is that I really only want to focus on the things like I, I used to want to like, okay, like, like fill up the time, fill up the time, fill up the time, but like understanding that it's okay to have that, uh, that spare time, uh, and to not fill it with something that I can't 100% do. Like, I don't yeah. want to do something if I'm not going to be able to fully put myself into it. And if I can't put myself fully into it, I'm going to get disinterested and I'm not going to want to do it anymore. So yeah. I don't want to get that started beforehand, even though it may sound like a cool idea. It's like, okay, what's the actuality of me really wanting to do this? Or am I just bored right now? Yeah. Like a cheap commitment. Like you mm -hmm. don't, because you've done plenty of those already and you want to make sure that you're not doing that. Mm -hmm. That's I'm, I do the same. Right. Which is like another fascinating thing. And, and it sucks. Cause like, if I like, counsel people like not counsel but just whenever i give my opinion on stuff like it comes from a place like that where like i can already see the end of that road mm -hmm. but it's really like um i guess like if you're if you're beginning to get into the pro like for you if you're if you're advising a new comedian to do something you're like hey you need to go to this many open mics and just eat shit 
for 15 weeks in a row because none of it matters mm -hmm. and no one's going to remember you and you just need to go suck because that's it. That doesn't sound as sexy as like living your dream, traveling to be a comedian. Like It's a different way of framing it. So that's like a whole other side of this coin of becoming successful because we're not really where we could be yet at all, but we're, we're both seeing some success mm -hmm. and we've both chosen to master something, whether that be, you know, whatever. I mean, we're both, we're both mastering something that are not in the same arena at all. You're in like a really cool entertainment space and I'm in just a basic do these tasks, get this many deals, make this much money thing. But when we're on process, like we're not psyching ourselves out and we're, but we're also not chasing sexy shit. So whenever you are aware of those cheap commitments, it's because you know that what you're doing, you're trying to master. Mm -hmm. You're not just doing it to test it. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that part. They get stuck in the, Ooh, I just want to kind of see. It's like, okay, well, here's the cost of that. Do you want to cost? Here's the cost. Here's the bill for just trying to see something. Are you willing to take on this bill? And I, I don't think that that's talked about a whole lot. So like, I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this. I'm actually glad you brought this up because this was one of the topics that I wanted to talk about because I've been seeing this a lot lately, a lot lately with people who are like comedians and like, it's like somebody who like, they can go out, they'll probably do the same 10 minutes for like the rest of their life and they're like, but everything else that they do is trash. Or even the people who just like consistently, like people show up, they ask for advice. And this, this happens a lot. That's why I bring it up. They show up, they ask for advice. I'm not saying from me, but just like in general, they ask advice of people. They're given advice by people who are at a higher level than them. And they take that advice and they, they do nothing with it. And they just yeah. keep doing what they're doing. And it's like, you're never, you're never getting anywhere. You're never progressing you're never going to go anywhere because you're staying stagnant and not actually trying. Like you think you're trying. And then it becomes like a ego thing where they're like, Oh, well, no, this is funny. And it's like, no, you think it's funny, but nobody else is laughing. And then every time you get off stage, you get mad. They're not laughing at that. That's the, this is just a bad crowd. It's like, no, you're just. You know the difference. Do you know the difference between you and them in that way? Is that whenever you suck, and like you know you sucked. You're you're I've never heard you blame it on the crowd. Like even whenever I was like, cause you've had your ego checks too, like we all have, and you will have oh, yeah. more, and so will I. But you 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 understand more than they do. It's not about being funny, it's about making a crowd fucking laugh. Mm -hmm. That's the game, right? That and that's why I get so much enjoyment out of going to your shows and stuff. It's not because I care about comedy, it's because I care about people's art and their mm -hmm. craft. Because yeah. the intention is not like you're saying with these newer dudes. They're like, oh, look at me. I'm funny. It's like, fuck all if you're funny. Can you control a crowd? Mm -hmm. Are you actually entertaining? Like, are you are you consistently entertaining? Mm -hmm. And if you're not, how do you behave after that? So it's like you, you unveil all of these questions and interesting perspectives whenever you're trying to master something. So like you're on the path to mastery. And these newer people, they're just on the path of tasting. And it's frustrating because like you may even pour into some people and then they were, then they perform and it's not reciprocal. Like they're just takers. Right. So you have to watch how you're starting to learn how to like watch how to conserve your, your chips for people at the same time, 
that you're also trying to master it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, you're still throwing down the ladder to these newer comedians, but not even newer in the sense of new, but just newer to the process of what it actually takes to become a comedian. Yeah. I see it as something that I, I've never really enjoyed. I've, I've noticed that there's a difference between like, so I watch anime and that, but one of the things that I love about anime is that they'll spend four or five episodes on like a training arc. And so you see them, they're like, oh, this is what I'm messing up in. This is what I need to do to be better. But I feel like when you, there's a lot of like, most of like American media, like you see, they're like, oh, like I just had this special skill. I just need to believe in myself. And it's like, okay, sure. Like that's, that's part of it. But you also have to be able to practice and actually train. And so I see myself as in like, I'm in my training arc to where I know I've got like the potential and the skills, but I still have to put in those, that whole season or those few episodes in order to actually be good enough to where I can reach like whatever the next level is. So, but that also includes like having people recognize me as being ready for the, for that next level, because that is the only way that I get to be booked on anything for the next level. You feel me? Yeah, I was looking for, I wanted to grab my uh, notebook because you said some stuff that I wanted to write down because I wanted to like make, I wanted to like, you said something that was interesting. And I'm, I'm trying to remember, cause like if I'd have my notebook, I'd have been able to like take a note, and like really like bring it up again. You said like, So like there, there's millions of things that could happen at any moment for anything. And then, and you're basically trying to, you know, your potential right now, you know, your potential. You're also aware in some regard that you have unlimited potential mm-hmm. because you're, you're focused on process, right? Which is fascinating, right? Because that means that potential is not your potential. It is potential itself. And you're you're like plugged into that because you're trying to master something. So since you're on the path of mastery, potential is meeting with you. It's not Jacob's potential that's unlimited. It's that potential itself is unlimited. And you're and you're plugged into it. And that's what I, I'm I'm wondering. God damn, I really wish I'd have caught what you said. Because you said something that I knew there was more to. And I'm just dancing around it. And I really wish I'd like have my notes in front of me. But I'm talking about like training and nobody sees like the actual work that gets put in. And like whenever you see like someone's story, that's really what I was getting at. It's like you see someone's story and you're like, oh, okay, they just made it. And it's like, and like we say that, like we say, oh, no, they, they put in 10 years before that happened. But there really is something special about actually being in the training phase and learning and being in those 10 years. But it's so easy to get caught up in what the end result is. So it's hard for you to really materialize and understand how to deal with that actual phase of learning and prepping and eating shit. You know, it's also interesting is that the 10 years is infinite. That stage is is infinite. You know how I learned that? Seeing Ron White come to the Vulcan, or not the Vulcan, Maybe it was the Vulcan, whatever the fuck is in Austin. I think it's Vulcan. 
and him bringing his notebook mm-hmm. practicing that is the ticket is that this is it's an infinite game it's infinitely going to suck potentially it's also infinitely going to be better than it ever has been so when, but when you're on process you're you're in it for whatever you're just you're just in it i'm learning this too bro with like uh like even in, in i'm going to use the real estate stuff cuz it's all i think about now but in this real estate space in this current market what's happening is like in 2021 i started to see people that were buying real estate that weren't really about it like they could buy it just like somebody could do an open mic set they can do one mm-hmm. it's easy to show up and do one right it's totally different for mastering something so in this, in my space it's like the gap between beginner and mastery is also giant and it's people that are focused on process and potential not on the outcome so like when it, and that's like the winner mama mentality too like whenever kobe or whoever would win championships they were always on to the next one and that's a little neurotic and it's a little like uh you know but that that's what it it genuinely takes that it really takes process and like what you're saying like oh the 10 years suck dude it's a lifetime mm-hmm. it's a lifetime and then you get lucky that's all it fucking is like if you that's a henry david throat thing i've been saying this a lot and you've been hearing me say this advance mm-hmm. confidently in the direction of your dreams endeavor to live a life in which you have imagined and you will meet with a success that is unexpected in common hours like you will meet it it's not some destination and i think that people especially in our generation maybe forever maybe this has been around forever maybe not People want the outcome way too fucking fast. They're like trying to get to an outcome. It's like, dude, you'll get an outcome, but like you're not going to master something. That was my soapbox again. I'm going to stop and allow you to continue talking. <laughs> I mean, I agree. That's uh, no, I mean, that, that's totally true because because you, I mean, you, and you have people who get upset whenever like they don't get opportunities or they don't get whatever. And they're like, but come on, man. Like I've been doing it. It's like, you've been hitting it hard for a few months. Mm-hmm. Like all of these people that we look up to all of the comedians, there's like only one person that I can think of who is in her twenties and like has two Netflix specials and it's like crushing it. Yep. Everyone else, like all of these people that we look up to and we watch Theo Vaughn, Joe Rogan, Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, Andrew Santino, Bobby Lee, they're all like 35 and up. And they've been doing this for 15, 20 years. So, huh? Before the internet. Before the internet, yeah. Yeah, but before like you even had means of like putting your content out, they've just been hitting it. Mm hmm. Our, our Zoom meeting will end in 10 minutes. Zoom, wow. need more time. Zoom Pro provides unlimited meetings and more. There, there it is. That's the upsell. There's the upsell. So what can we do for the next nine minutes and 39 seconds that will be um, impactful? Uh, I had some topics that, got, uh, that, that I should bring up. Um, number one. Interracial dating. Mm. Let's move on to number two. 
Uh, I mean, I'm pro. I'm I'm pro that. <laughs> it's just good. such a like what if like that was just what I was. They were like interracial dating. I was like, okay, what about it? <laughs> where are you Where are you getting that from? I I asked my buddy. Uh, I said, hey man, what uh? I said, hey, I'm doing a podcast later. He said, you should talk about interracial dating, and I was like. What what about it? I can realize everyone can see my phone now. Um, <laughs> let me take these take these up for a second. Uh, let's see. You know, man, I, I don't really know. Uh, what could we talk about? Uh, what what's some things you got coming up? Um. Uh... I've got a, a flip house that I'm buying. I'm pretty excited about. That's going to nice. be a good deal, but I don't know if that's going to be of value to an audience or anything. Mm -hmm. um, one interesting concept that I've been reading about is like the cells in our body know how to behave and they're infinitely more intelligent than we are. So like the things that make up our body, it's like if we can live in the same way that the cells in our bodies live, then we would be innately like better human beings. Like that's in this little, check us out. Very fascinating shit. This book is called The Book of Secrets. Okay. Is that the uh is that from National Treasure? Yep. Like for example, it says like communion of cells. The cell keeps in touch with every other cell. Messenger molecules race everywhere to notify the body's farthest outpost of desire or intention, however slight. Withdrawing or refusing to communicate is not an option. Awareness. Cells adapt from moment to moment. They remain flexible in order to respond to immediate situations. Getting caught up in rigid habits is not an option. Acceptance. Cells recognize each other as equally important. Every function in the body is interdependent with every other. Going at it alone is not, is not an option. Creativity. Although every cell as a set of unique functions, liver cells, for example, can perform 50 different tasks. These combine in creative ways. A person can digest food never eaten before, think thoughts never thought before, dance in a way never seen before. Clinging to old behavior is not an option. So it's like, it's interesting because it's saying the way that cells behave, if we behaved in accordance with the way that our cells behave, they would be the most optimal behavior for a human being. So that's what I'm thinking about. That's what's coming up down the pipe for, for young Cody. Nice. Ideas like that. I love that. <laughs> uh, right now I'm got, I'm going to leave here in a couple hours from Lake Charles. I got a show in Houston at the secret group, uh, Thursday night laughs. Then I'm gonna come back to, uh, OLC got laugh hard five laugh five coming, uh, tomorrow. Little play on Fast and Furious. 
And then Saturday, I have Saturday Night Laughs at OB's with a mm. couple co-headliners from Austin. So very excited, very pumped for that. Uh, have you seen the Fast and Furious movies? I've seen like one, not enough to know nearly what you think I should know about them. Okay, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give you my list. We're going to we're going to rank all the Fast and Furious movies, okay? In 11th place, we have Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, that's the spin-off with Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Jason Statham. They had really good chemistry in 7 and 8 before this one, but then they literally just like retconned and rewent and did like their whole they had like a like a they were fighting each other. And then they made up at the end of eight. And then that movie came out and they were still fighting each other. It made no sense. It was ridiculous. Beginning of The Rock's downfall in his career. Number 10, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Number three, not a fan. Most people like that one. They're like, oh, it's got the most racing. It's the most racing one. It's not about racing. Okay. It's about being absolutely ridiculous with cars. Okay. We're going to speed through some of these. Uh, Number nine, we're going to go Fast and Furious 6. Just kind of a boring entry, some funny points. Um, then we got uh let's see, fast 10. That one was okay. Uh fast I could nine. Not give a fuck less about not the what best. About. Okay, but I'm giving a I'm giving a list here. Okay. You're a real estate person, you know all about listings. All right. So just listen to this one. Okay, let's I just feel like I'm this kid that just like walked into daycare and you get dropped off in daycare with a bag full of movies that you're explaining to me that I, that all I want to do is play with like blocks, play your fucking blocks and let me talk about the fast and furious movies. Okay. You know, I used to bring my, my bag with me when I'd go stay over at people's places and I'd have four or five good movies that I thought we should Dude, see, I fucking, I can see you doing that. I'd bring a Harry Potter movie. I'd bring possibly a Scooby-Doo one. If I knew they were, you know, kind of quirky and goofy like me. Dude, uh, I, I, I can mean, fuck with some Harry Potter though, dude. Harry yeah, Potter is has a deep spot in my being. Yeah, it's good. All right, we've got two and a half minutes left. I'm just gonna skip through and, and name my top three Fast and Furious movies. Okay, number three, Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, How many are there? There's eleven. Too Fast, Too Furious. Tyrese Gibson first introduced. I'm hungry. You know, and then he says, ejecto cito, cuz. And then he launches that guy out of the seat. Just really good fun. Uh, number two, I'm going to have to go uh, Fate of the Furious, the eighth one. Really shows Dom against the rest of the crew. It's cool. They have the best soundtrack in the whole series. And then number one is Fast Five. All right. They're in Brazil. They rob a Brazilian mafia guy of all of his money. The best between the originals and just kind of racing and then the crime ridiculous shit that happens. So number one, Fast Five. Anything to sign off? Maybe which Fast and Furious movie you're going to watch next? I don't know. My mic's right here, by the way. That's why I keep doing that. (laughs) I think we should keep this one and then do another one and make one, one big idea and make it all about comedy. And, and so that it's not all over the place. Uh, we're still going to post this. All of this is going to be posted. Well, yeah, but I still yeah. think we should make another one. What if, what if we called it Rec, like recording, but there's a, it's R-E and then a slash and then the C for real estate comedian. 
Like, cause you're the real estate part and I'm the comedian part. That's not a horrible idea. I know it's not. I came up with it. What if we called it the red wagon? The red wagon? Why the mm -hmm. red wagon? I don't know. I think it'd be funny. Like if it, like for a, for an image, if we created like an image and it's me pulling you in a wagon and you doing like a little dance with a, with a clown suit on. All right, we got one minute left. Uh, less than one minute. My name has been Jacob Gidry. That's been Cody Cross. And we'll see you next time.